Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Welcome back, Wiggins America. Hope you're having a great weekend or beginning to your weekend. So this is Ryan Wiggins. We have a great hour planned for you, but I'm not even going to tease ahead in this hour. I'm going to tease ahead in this segment. The man who knows everything is here. It is my job to stump him with something he doesn't know. That's going to happen at the end of this segment. I want to get to something first, and here is a little bit of a tease to the end of the show. So at the end of this hour, which is the end of the show, I'm going to have some sound from the Senate this week about the January 6th commission. It is really, really good stuff. If you haven't paid attention to the January 6th commission, this is really all you need to know. And this came out of the Senate. So the Senate is not where that commission is happening. That is happening in the House. This is the Senate's response. But here's why I tease that right now. Because I've got some other audio here from the Senate this week that's very, very interesting. It is, of course, uh, nothing new as far as who's in this clip. It is Rand Paul and Dr. Anthony Fauci. They have gone toe-to-toe many times, but this one I pulled from the full eight minutes that Rand is grilling Fauci. I pulled the best two clips because he is asking expert questions here. He is getting him on record and asking him about very, very important things. This first one is about kids getting hospitalized and why do they need uh, vaccines if they're not being hospitalized. What, what, are the, what is the possibility if your kid has had COVID, which is 75% of the country's had COVID, what is the chance that my child's going to the hospital or dying? If you look at the number of deaths in pediatrics, Senator, you can see that there are more deaths of in people who have had it, of people who have had the disease. Uh, Senator, we also know from other studies that the optimal degree of protection when you get infection is to get vaccinated after infection. And in fact, showing reinfection in the era of Omicron and the sublineages, that vaccination... But you can't follows- answer the question I asked. The question I ask is how many kids are dying and how many kids are going to the hospital who've already had COVID? The answer may be zero, but you're not even giving us the data because you have so much wanted to protect everybody from all the data because we're not smart enough to look at the data. That is a great, great point and is completely accurate. So they're, they're not even looking at that. Or if they have the data, they're not releasing it because they want more people to get vaccines. Now, why do they want more people to get vaccines? That's a great question because is it 
for the health of the country. If it's for the health of the country, then that's one thing. That's what the NIH is supposed to be doing. If it's for the health of the bottom line of Pfizer and Moderna, that is a very, very different thing. So Rand Paul, of course, goes on to ask about that question within the hallowed sanctioned halls of the NIH. Have there been any kickbacks? Can you tell me if anybody on the vaccine approval committees ever received any money? Are you going to let me answer a question? Soundbite number one. Are you going to let me answer a question? Okay, so let me give you some information. First of all, according to the regulations, People who receive royalties are not required to divulge them, even on their financial statement. So, yes. <laughs> the answer is yes, because Dr. Fauci, of course, with a lot of these questions, we'll get to this at the end of this hour, too, with the January 6th Commission. If the answer is no, then they say no. If the answer is yes, then they say, I cannot divulge that, or uh, it is not my place to answer that. That is what he just did. So we know there have been financial kickbacks. In fact, right after this, and I wanted to shorten it because there's a lot of audio here. I could have played about 15 clips. It was really good. In the, in the interim, right between when that clip happened and the next one, he goes on to explain his own financials, which are kind of flattering for him. So if you trust what he's saying, then the, the, the kickbacks haven't gone directly to him. But that wasn't Dr. Uh, Rand Paul, I almost said Dr. Anthony Fauci. That wasn't Dr. Paul's question, <laughs> Senator Paul's question. It was, do kickbacks happen to anybody throughout the vaccine committee within the NIH? And he doesn't answer that question. He just says, well, they don't have to divulge that. That's a bigger question to ask right there. Why don't they have to divulge that? They absolutely should. Don't you think? Seems like a no-brainer. But enough of that for now. The man who knows everything is here. Hi, man who knows everything. Well, thanks for having me. The man who knows everything. So as usual, it's my job to try to stump you as the man who knows everything. I have to find something that you don't know. Mm -hmm. So how about this one? Hordes of Americans are moving to Mexico to escape rapidly rising inflation in the U.S. So we've talked about this before that international inflation is also bad, but apparently it's not as bad in Mexico. Or at least it's not as bad when you're moving from a high, high tax and regulatory state that is California. Did you know that, man who knows everything? Yes, I knew that. Of course you did. But there's more to this that I'm gonna try to stump you on. So yes, they are coming from California primarily, and they're coming from Southern California. So we're talking about people who already live close to the Mexican border. They're just deciding, I'm gonna buy land in Northern Mexico. And I don't know if they're actually declaring their citizenry in Mexico so that they don't have to pay high Californian US taxes. I would guess they would have to do that. But when we talk about immigration, we tend to talk about vast hordes of people moving from Mexico into Texas or United States. This is the opposite, and it's really only happening in California. So it's it's U.S.-based, but it's, it's really just they're trying to flee California. So the increasing prevalence of work-at-home opportunities has made it easier for Americans to be employed in the U.S. while living somewhere else, like Mexico. And there are multitudes of others that are actually making a commute across the southern border on a daily basis. Man who knows everything. Did you know that? I knew that. 
Well, here's another interesting fact about this, though. Of course, this new trend is starting to drive up property values in northern Mexico. So we're talking about very, very northern Mexico. One real estate professional in the area says that at this point, at least half of his customers in northern Mexico are from California. He says, suddenly, the cost of taxes, the crime rates, the politics, and all the things that people are unhappy with in California are coming down to Mexico. Can you believe that things have gotten bad enough in that one state anyway? Because it really is reflecting just on that state, not on the U.S., but we're talking about U.S. stats here. That people are immigrating from the United States to Mexico, mainly to probably avoid taxes, but it's it's to avoid a lot of things. Probably things are a little bit cheaper there. Inflation hasn't hit as hard in Mexico, apparently, as it has on the West Coast. Unbelievable. But just to confirm, you didn't know that, did you, man who knows everything? No, I didn't know that. Just kidding. Of course I knew that. Dang it, I can never get him. The man who knows everything. All right, stick around. More Wiggins America. Trisha coming back in studio here in just a minute. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Trisha's in studio. Oh, hi, Ryan. Back in studio. What? Good morning. It feels like a long time. Well, here's the deal. Roy bailed on us. That stinks, because I was just saying he's my favorite person on this show. Yeah, he's my favorite, too. Yeah. Which makes this really uncomfortable, this since there are three per- people on the show. Whole thing is so, falling apart without him. What we're going to do at the end of this segment is I've still got our scripted piece of the day, which involves Roy and you. And I think it's a really unique one. And so we'll still play that, even though he's not here because we recorded it. It was a blind read. I don't remember what it was. You don't even know what it was. Mm -mm. It was blind. So I don't know that even if I said the top, the title of it, you'd even know what it was. Because you only had a few lines. I want to be surprised. That's fine. Okay. So we're just going to do a few quick hits here of some of I I think the, the most underrated news of the week. You can go first. So you've got a couple. I've got a couple. All right. I my first story of the day of the morning. Gangsta the Goose chases down unsuspecting neighbors in Utah to perfect to protect family of ducks. There's a there's a goose that had a name. Uh-huh. Gangsta. Gangsta. Mm-hmm. And it chased down some other gooses. Yeah. Which I I should have just used geese. I think that's the plural. A notorious goose is on the loose in Utah. Yeah, you see what they did there? You really are kind of missing the ball here. Uh, The goose, now nicknamed Gangsta the Goose, has taken on the role of bodyguard for a family of ducks in the town of Daybreak. Uh, for, For more than a month, Gangsta has been chasing down, honking and hissing at anyone who comes too close to a mother duck in her nest. And this made national news. That is not... That's not even a story. Nearby homeowners have put up signs warning people about aggressive, about the aggressive goose. That's not particular to Gangsta the Goose. That's just what goose, goose <laughs> geese do. That's just what they do. They do. You want another one? Yeah, I do. Because right. I got one more. Is yours deadly heat wave kills thousands of cattle in Kansas? No, but I did see that. It's pretty sad, right? It is. I, terrible I saw, for the food supply. Uh, yeah, I saw a lot of people saying, man, we're... Anything like this right now is just the perfect storm. Because if you're already having trouble with supply, and they've had avian flu. I talked a couple of weeks to Trent Luce, who's like a food advocate mm-hmm. throughout the Midwest. Super interesting guy. Knows everybody in the Midwest and South. And he said that there's an avian flu that's been sweeping through that he predicted would cause an egg shortage. <clears throat> I haven't seen that. And I, that, that's that's sort of a different tangent of a topic that when he says... We're going to have a shortage, which he knows what he's talking about. I'm not questioning that he does. But in the Midwest, I think we're insulated from a lot of that stuff. Whereas if you're in Manhattan, yeah, it may be harder to find certain things than here. And I wonder if that's the worst of the problems that we'll have. I hope it is because we kind of we blow some of these problems up bigger and think, oh, if I, I it's going to be such a bad problem that I need to hoard um products and water in my basement because I'm going to be in like a nuclear fallout shelter. But I I just don't believe, and I think we've talked about this, I just don't believe that a lot of these things will play out in the way that we think they're going to play out. No, probably not. And we're probably untouched by most of it. You're right. Do you think if you were a distributor of a product that was considered an essential product, you'd plant the seed out to the public that there was a shortage or a looming shortage? I don't know. I mean, I guess it could help the price be driven up a little bit. So if you are making or and, and selling a product and that's rarer and you say, Hey, this is going to run out and you're going to need it. I mean, I, I guess it wouldn't hurt anything, but I mean, the economy probably suffers. Consumers suffer. Yeah. You're kind of, but 
you're the bad guy in this if you're doing that. And you can that. only do it once, you know, or once every so often because you can only cry wolf one time and then people go, oh, shoot. And then they realize the very next time they go to the grocery store that it's not an issue. Really, though? Because I, so that tampon shortage, the that's come up again. Oh, I haven't even heard about this. Okay, so there's a tampon. I don't know why I wouldn't have heard about this. I know, this is crazy that you wouldn't, this wouldn't be on your radar, but there's, headlines are all tampons are the next shortage. Okay. Right? This is a necessary product for a lot of people in our population. Bleeding people. Yes, for yeah. people with bleeding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> bleeding persons. We don't call them <laughs> women anymore. That's my point. <laughs> we call them bleeding persons. Anyway, whoever's distributing, whoever's making these tampons could just be like, Hey guys, we're gonna run out of tampons. I hear you. And then every time a bleeding person goes to the store, <laughs> yeah. and like it's more. You're not than, picturing a woman anymore. It's more than we're just, all picturing somebody who's just who who's really bleeding out. And, and the greeter's like, "Dude, you should go to the ER." No, and they're I'm like, here for "No, tampons. man, I need to get my blood pressure checked real quick on that free machine, and then I need to get those tampons." And then give me a box, of, your last box of tampons. <laughs> Roll me up in a cart, man. I could use some help. <laughs> anyway, I may go and buy extra tampons, which means yeah. another bleeding person might do the same thing. And uh-huh. then all of a sudden there is a shortage. Then you've created the That's problem. That's what happened with toilet paper. I know. Because nobody actually. And we actually... know it works because it happened with toilet yeah, paper. Yeah, nobody ran out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they ran out artificially because so many people hoarded it, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it could be true. But like I said, I still think that's one of those things that. You're going to play your ace one time, and then that's it. Because if people all buy them, or just enough people buy them, that it does cause a little bit of a run, and then everybody realizes it's no big deal, nobody's even talking about toilet paper like that anymore. Like, no, nobody's doing that. But there are still one per customer signs up. It's still considered, yeah. I don't know, there's still kind of like a... There's kind of a worry in the back of your yeah. mind that what happens. Yeah, if like it gets you always the pick paper. it up. You don't let it go. You don't let it get low like you used to. Yeah. Last story: Boston Transit Agency to try urine sensors on elevators. <laughs> <laughs> I I just appreciate that the technology has gotten there. So, I didn't say that well. No, but <laughs> you didn't say that well at all. The, the technology's saying, gotten to the people. Technology. <laughs> Boston Transit Agency. <laughs> Is going to have, or they're going to try urine sensors on their elevators only. Is this to stop people from peeing on elevators? Yeah, that's why they have it. The Massachusetts Bay Transportation Authority is installing urine detection sensors in downtown elevators. See, I thought this was more of a problem on subways and stuff. Or do people take a piss in an elevator? I don't. <laughs> you, you don't, right? I don't. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just making sure. Drunk I, people, maybe? I don't know. It says uh, fans on the ceilings of the elevators will suck in air and basically be able to detect and smell what's present, I guess, immediately and, when it happens. And then what? I don't know. Hopefully. <laughs> like you're standing there. You're hammered. Yeah. You're taking a pee on the elevator. Right. Like yeah. you do. Like you do. You know, like after a wild night out. I guess. You're riding yeah. the elevator back up your building, you know, right. you're going home and ready to cook a pizza. You're peeing. What happens when it senses that you're peeing? Well, two things. One, I would hope that the, when the vacuum smells it, the vacuum also could kick into overdrive and just like suck that person up into a tube. <laughs> so it's like, whoop. Yeah. And you've, then, you've peed. <laughs> dur, dur, <laughs> You're just gone. You don't even know where you, that person goes. But they peed. Well, there's 
like a P police, right? Like once you now get there, is. you're they book you. The AI is sentient and it knows. What happens if they suck you up and your pants don't go too, and then you're just pantsless in this P police jail? Here's the key. I don't even care about the person who's peed. You could just suck them up to the thing and just chop them up. That <laughs> <laughs> you peed in the elevator, you're done. No, no more, no sentencing. You're just done. Is that what that story says? Because that no, actually not sounds story. more dangerous than the <laughs> no, sentient thing. I'm taking this to to where it needs to go. Okay. So it, I don't care about the person. What happens when I get on the elevator? Did it suck up the pee? No. Because no. What, what's the good of, it of sensing it? It sucked up the pee. Yeah, suck up the pier. <laughs> that's took, fine. It took a pier off the street. Suck up. Here's the key. Here's the way that it needs to be. Okay. New, new, uh, new. If it was Smart House, it would have sucked that pee into the floor and they'd be like brand new. Yes. Yes. And that's what it needs to do. So it needs to be strong enough to suck up the pee. And then if the person's standing in the way, they get covered in their own pee. That's punishment, right? That's fair. But does it detect poop? <laughs> <laughs> Does it only detect pee? What if a bleeding person walked in there and was like, dang, man, I got to get some tampons. I got to get tampons and I got to poop. <laughs> and they did everything but pee. You know, you're drunk, uh-huh. you're throwing up, you're doing everything else. Is it only detecting pee? I, I This is my story, so I don't know why I'm asking you this question. Did you even read this story? <laughs> you don't know the is answer this clearly. Real? Did you just make it up? No, this is real. What? I love the, the 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 headline was what caught me. You're in luck if you've been feeling icky about the transit in Boston. You're in luck. Like gangster the goose on the loose. <laughs> All right, you're ready for the scripted piece. Let's do this. Do it. All right, let me set this up a little bit first. So this is a script intended to parody podcasts, specifically podcasts that are reviews of products, because I've noticed in watching these things that they start off pretty pure. And then over time, if if they become popular enough, whatever industry just ends up sponsoring the podcast mm-hmm. and then it become basically a commercial for whatever that thing is. So, I thought, well, then let's parody that. So here it is. Let's get scripted. Blind. Hey, raddies. Rad Reggie here. So glad you could join us for another episode of the Rad Restaurant Reviews. I can't wait to show you this week's Rad Restaurant. But first, let's address a few criticisms we've recently got. I know some of you were saying that Rad Reggie's totally sold out. What? That we used to be an independent restaurant review podcast with honest reviews, now being paid to do corporate PR. Whoa! Here's the deal. So, you're ready to get rad? Cool. Let's all head over to Dolan's. What? Wait a minute, there's a Dolan's on every corner, Reggie. Not so fast. We're going to Dolan's headquarters where they make the food. Check it out. It was so clean in there and the workers seemed to love their jobs. I even got to interview one of them. What do you love about your job here at Dolan's? We love our jobs. This sounds like a great place to work. How are the benefits? We love our jobs, but we need... That's when somebody from corporate showed up. I'm so glad you asked, Reggie. This is our super hype industrial assembly line where we make the nuggets. 
All those rumors about pink sludge were totally whack. What's this pink sludge right here? That's nothing. I'm going to turn off the machine now because those are not chicken nuggets. But that sludge is going into the part that says chicken nugget machine. Don't believe everything you see online, Reggie. <laughs> I was confused and didn't know what to do. I was seeing this with my own eyes, but my corporate sponsor set me straight. Oh, Reggie, you must not see very well because you should most deaf go back and read over our contract. Great point, Stacy. Wow, what a great show. I learned a lot about a huge restaurant chain and kept my credibility. Stay rad, y'all. Wow, that's amazing. Wiggins, America. That is amazing. Yeah. Rad Reggie's. <laughs> Sounds great. There's a lot of production involved in that one. Yeah, I was, there was. I was, yeah, I was happy with Top the way notch. it Thank you. Thank you. made you. me miss Roy. I know. To be honest. I know. My biggest takeaway. I, I, I hate him when he's here. Man, I really have no idea what people think when we do those scripted pieces. It's something I love doing, and I can't leave it behind. I actually do, used to do sketch comedy and writing, producing, and stuff like that, and doing talk. I love talking about politics. I love diving into deep state stuff. But I also like doing ridiculous stuff, so I guess that's what ends up being Wiggins America. So one of those things that I do love, if you've uh, followed this show at all, is last man on earth concepts whether they be in books or movies or TV shows. And so for years, one of my hobbies has been to keep track of all Last Man on Earth screen appearances. It's it's a weird, weird hobby, I know. A very, very micro-channeled hobby <laughs> to find all these things. But I've found hundreds and hundreds of movies and TV shows that deal with the concept of Last Man on Earth fascinating thing to me love watching it and so i like passing that on to you just got done reading a book that's all last man on earth stories isaac asimov did the foreword and they're all just such weird unique stories the one i just got done with a guy travels into the future over and over and over trying to find a way to get back and everywhere he goes they go eh you can't really go back we've we figured out how to forward time travel but we've not figured out how to backward time travel. So he just keeps going and going and going and going into the future until he's the last man on Earth. But here's a really interesting film if you like the topic. The last. Where is everybody? The last. The last. It's not the end of the world. There's all the time I need and all the time I want. The last person on Earth. I miss the noise, you know? I thought I was going to be alone again. There's time now. It's called At 325. And it's gone by several names over the years, but that's, I guess, the one that they've landed on. It also has been called The Crazy Ray and Paris Sleeping. This is the first, earliest movie I can find, or screen representation at all, of the idea of Last Man on Earth. It was made in 1924. So this was actually a silent film with the old panels that come up telling you what they're saying in between. 1924 French film about a man in Paris. He's in a tower. And so he descends from this tower one day to find nobody around. And this, the titles are like, Deserted Streets, The Empty Palace de Concorde, The Empty Palace de Concorde, a hush that he almost felt. But he does start finding people. At first, it's just empty. He does start finding people, though, but they're all frozen. They're all motionless in a standstill. 
And it's just, it's a crazy concept. I would love to see this remade today. Uh, it's not a feature by today's standards, but it's long enough that at the time it probably was. And the, the thing is, what he discovers, so I won't give up too much here if you want to watch the movie. It's really hard to find, so I don't know if you will. But anybody above a certain altitude survived this ray, the crazy ray, which is one of the names of the movie. And anyone below it went completely still and frozen at exactly 325, hence the name at 325. One of the things this movie does that I love that a lot of Last Man on Earth movies don't is that it actually says this probably affected the whole world at some point. I don't know how they they say that, but it does. And that's one of the things about Last Man on Earth movies is that a lot of times you don't really know. Somebody wakes up in a town and it's deserted or they enter a certain place and there's nobody there and there should be. Well, you don't really know if that affects the whole world. You just know that it's affecting that place. This one actually goes ahead and says it. So love it. And it's on my list. It gets a five star on my last person on earth list. If you ever want more of those movies, if you're somehow geeking out on that topic like I am, I really don't know too many people who are, but I get to talk about it because I like it. And this is Wiggins America. Can't wait to tell you about what's next. Some really, really interesting stuff. And when I say interesting, I mean this is, it's almost frightening when you take a step back from it. It's all about this January 6th commission, but it's from angles maybe that we haven't talked about it much this week and ones that are really really shining a a dark mirror back on where our society is via ted cruz so maybe you have seen a little bit of what he did he just took apart this fbi informant or uh, spokesperson and we're gonna play that audio next here on wiggins america All right, I couldn't go a whole show without talking about this. The January 6th commission that is happening right now in Washington, D.C., uh, specifically happening in the House of Representatives. So it's not it's not both houses. You know, you got to watch who's doing what. This is happening in the House. And you've got lots of Democrats who are questioning and bringing up evidence. I think the whole point is to indict Donald Trump or bring charges against him. I don't think they're going to actually be able to do that, though. Because even the Republicans that they have, which are not really Republicans, Liz Cheney has basically shot her own political career. Unless she's going to be an analyst on MSNBC or something, which actually I would be in favor of. I don't know if you are or not. She's done a terrible, terrible job in these January 6th things. She's made it about herself. She's realized that she's miscalculated politically. So she's going to lose her seat in Wyoming for sure. Unless there's mass Democrat crossover in an open primary, which, by the way, I wrote an article about at 971talk.com. If you want to read it, why do we even do open primaries? Because it just opens itself up to things like that, where Democrats know they're not going to win a Democrat seat in Wyoming. So they may cross over and vote for Liz Cheney, hoping to salvage something. So I actually would be in favor of Liz Cheney becoming an analyst on MSNBC or something because she is fairly conservative across the board other than on Donald Trump. It's just become a weird, like, magic snake for her that she can't she can't look away from Donald Trump. You know, it's 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 something that's it's actually it's ruined her career. So anyway, Liz Cheney aside, this January 6th committee is going on. Well, they're not allowing any actual conservative Republicans to say anything in this. So you got Adam Kinzinger, you got Liz Cheney, and that's about it. 
So they're saying, well, it's bipartisan, but they obviously they've handpicked these people. So what does that mean that the Senate is doing? Well, they're not really doing anything regarding January 6th or having a commission or anything like that because it's a 50-50 Senate. But Ted Cruz was able to, I think this was on Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, uh, let's say Tuesday, that he questioned a, a representative from the FBI. Now, this was over a Zoom call, so the audio isn't terrific. Ted Cruz sounds fine, but there's a long delay and then an echo where you can hear him through her earphones. Uh, let's listen to what he has done here because he's making great points. How many FBI agents or confidential informants actively participated in the events of January 6th? Sir, I'm sure you can appreciate that I can't go into the specifics of sources and methods. Uh, did any F- Okay, so let's pause there for a second. So did did any did FBI what were the 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 methods what were what did you do? Was the FBI involved in January 6th at all? Well, I can't say. Okay, let's say that's a vague enough question that you can say, well, she wasn't saying that they had plants in it. She was just saying that they were monitoring it. Okay, so here's this question. Here's the next question. FBI agents or confidential informants actively participate in the events of January 6th? Yes or no? Sir, I can't, I can't answer that. So that's a yes. Okay, so because if, if she could say no, did any FBI agents or informants actively participate in the events of January 6th, 2021... If the answer was no, you could easily just say no. There's no there's no reason to not say that. So the answer is yes, because she's saying, well, I can't say. Keep that in mind. She's saying FBI agents or informants were actively involved in the events of January 6th. Did any FBI agents or confidential informants commit crimes of violence on January 6th? 6th. I can't answer that, sir. Now, that's a very, very easy one to say no. There's no no reason, there's no national security reason, there's no confidentiality reason for her to say, no, FBI agents did not participate any, in any violence in January 6th. So, again, her non-answer is, yes, they did. FBI agents actively participated in the violence of January 6th. We continue. Did any FBI agents any F- or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th? Sir, I can't answer that. Again, that's a yes. Ms. Sadburn, Ms. who is Ray Epps? I'm aware of the individual, sir. Uh, I don't have the specific background to him. Okay, Ray Epps. You're, you're familiar with that name? I mean, if you're paying attention to these things, this has been litigated for over a year. But if you're just jumping in, you're like, what the heck? I've never heard of Ray Epps. Ray Epps is on all kinds of video. There, because obviously, there's huge crowds on January 6th. They're walking, everybody's walking around with cell phones. And by the way, that's how they tracked a lot of these people into the Capitol and arrested them by their cell phone. Oh, so you mean you can use cell phone data to track and arrest people because you know where they were? And what they were doing at a certain time? Well, that's weird. You can't do that for 2,000 mules, though. It's not reliable data. Um, so they, they used the cell phone. They, all these cell phones were tracking Ray Epps. I mean, I shouldn't say tracking. They were videoing Ray Epps. There was this guy. He There's probably lots of him. But he, in particular, was really easy to spot 
because he's real tall. So he stands like a foot taller than the rest of the crowd. So anywhere you're pointing a camera, you can see this guy there. He's wearing a big MAGA hat. He's he's probably in his, I'd say, late 50s, early 60s. And he, he looks a little crazy, like he's he's doing a thing, like he's almost putting on an act. He's yelling, you know what we need to do? And he's doing it the day before January 6th, January 5th. He's doing it on January 6th, yelling, we need to go into the Capitol. It is clear as day. It's not like somebody's uh, grabbed a video that you can barely hear. They have him standing in crowds saying, we need to go in the Capitol tomorrow. Ted Cruz is asking this FBI counsel spokesperson, okay, what about Ray Epps? There's all kinds of video evidence of this guy inciting violence, telling everybody basically exactly what the problem ended up being we need to go into the Capitol over and over and over. You can get, type in Ray Epps. On, you will find it yourself right now if you want to. The videos are everywhere. Ted Cruz continues. Well, there are a lot of well, people who are understandably very are concerned, understandably about, very Mr. concerned about Mr. Epps. On the night of January 5th, 2021, Epps wandered around the crowd that had gathered. And there's video out there of him chanting, tomorrow we need to get into the Capitol, into the Capitol. This was strange behavior, so strange that the crowd began chanting, Fed, 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 Fed. Ms. Sandburn, was Ray Epps a Fed? Sir, I cannot answer that question. Yes, he was. That's a, that's a yes. It's very, very easy to answer that question. If Ray Epps is not a part of your FBI organization, it's really easy to say, no, he's not. Here's, here's what's for that. I, I got a little bit more of this clip left. But Ray Epps... There's more video evidence of him inciting violence and really conspiring to violence because he's doing it not just in the heat of the moment. He's doing it ahead of time. So he's doing it the day before, right through the day. There's more evidence of him doing that than most of the people who wandered through the Capitol on January 6th, whether violently or not, and yet they haven't gone after him. So it raises a lot of conspiracy questions. That's why this line of questioning from Ted Cruz is fantastic. The next day, the next day, on January 6th, Mr. Epps is seen whispering to a person, and five seconds later, five seconds after he's whispering to a person, that same person begins to forcibly tear down the barricades. Did Mr. Epps urge them to tear down the barricades? Sir, similar to the other answers, I cannot answer that. So she's not even saying, I don't know. She's saying, I can't answer that. She's saying yes to all of these questions. Point being, Ted Cruz, who's not in the House and not part of the January 6th Commission, and they're not investigating this at all, somehow was able to make this happen and did a great job of it. He's an, <laughs> Think what you want of him. Because I know a lot of Republicans find him kind of smarmy, and I get that. Um, but he is an expert lawyer. That's why they, they talk about him on the Supreme Court, because he's so good at questioning and getting to the bottom of things. These are great questions. They're putting, he's putting this woman on record from the FBI as saying nothing. And, and essentially saying, yes, we did incite the violence. Here's the big takeaway. The FBI absolutely did plant people in the crowd two days beforehand and the day of, or the day beforehand, day of, 
and incited violence over and over. They had people walking around, at least one of them we know of, probably more than just him, but he's the most obvious one, Ray Epps, walking around among these crowds, planting this idea that they should storm the Capitol, go into the building, and they're literally this guy right before they bust down that barricade. They have video of him whispering to somebody, do it now. Well, I mean, we don't know what he's whispering, but something, 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 something. The guy goes, uh-huh, turns, bolts for the barricade, breaks it down, the whole thing goes in. I mean, you're talking, you can't get more close to the action than that. It's incredible. Yet, this January 6th commission, entire job is to get to the bottom of this thing, won't even mention the guy's name. The FBI is at the very, very heart of this. We're talking about corrupt organizations. It's one of the reasons that, I don't want to get too deep into it here because we're, we're, we're running out of time, but it's one of the reasons why I do believe Trump would be the best candidate for 2024 because he needs, maybe not candidate, but best president. We need somebody in there who's going to tear this stuff down. The FBI at the top ranks is corrupt. They, they plan this. Uh, the CIA, Brennan, some of these people, they're, they're not trustworthy organizations anymore. We've seen all the health organizations. They need to be ripped apart and then determined whether or not they even <clears throat> are essential. We, I mean, some of these organizations, why do we even have them? Betsy DeVos who, was in DeVos, who was in charge of the Department of Education for four years, recently said, we don't even need a Department of Education. A lot of these things are just bureaucracy. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. America. So what does all this mean? It doesn't mean that people aren't culpable for their actions because somebody says to do something doesn't mean you should do it or shouldn't do it, depending on what it is. The big takeaway here is that we, as you just listened, I hope I painted this picture well enough. We actively have a government that is working against us, not just conservatives, but I mean the American people, but definitely conservatives. I mean, when you have your, your own crime organizations planting criminals to incite crime for political purposes, that is the government working against its own people. Then when you have one major party assisted by members of the other party actively working to advance that narrative and look the other way on things that the FBI did that are out there for everybody to see. I mean, it's you're talking about Ted Cruz is in the Senate saying these things. It's not as if the House doesn't know they exist. You got a big problem. Anyway, that's all the time we have for this week. Get the podcast by typing in Wiggins America. You can get it at 971talk.com, but you can get it very easily by typing in Wiggins America. You can also rewind if you get the Odyssey app and listen to the last two hours. Thanks for being here. Wiggins America. Get more at 971talk.com.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 